0: Soy Ángelo Rodríguez y tú escuchas Son de Lones Podcast.
1: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson, and with me, as ever, is the stalwart Callum Williams. You're looking good today, sir, and that probably comes off as disingenuous because I wrote this intro <laughs> before I even knew what you were wearing. Oh,
0: well, I mean, I, I do try from time to time. Um, you know, we, we are in a professional environment, after all. So. I guess.
1: I mean, I'm wearing a baseball hat, so I don't know if that's...
0: Yeah, but your the, the rest of your attire looks very professional.
1: I feel like if you mix... Uh, it, it, first of all, it's an MNUFC baseball hat, so yes. it's, it's on brand, right? It's a clean one. Mm-hmm. It, I have not bent the brim. Um, <laughs> and then, if you mix that with a button-down shirt and a sweater, then it, it, you sort of you're sort of mixing casual and business, and thus you're sort of business casual.
0: I completely agree. And and you you do very well when you dress in this attire. You you pull it off very well, but also you look exceptionally Minnesotan as well because of your plaid attire. Is that a plaid
1: shirt? It It it. is a plaid shirt. It is a red and blue check. I sort of have have a sort of uh, flotilla of uh, button-down shirts. A flotilla? Yeah, I invest an armada. I invested in them uh, when I got this job Hmm. um, because I thought I would have to look better than I actually do. Um, And I would. Uh, I went. I, I got the non-iron version because I cannot abide ironing <laughs> in any way whatsoever. So I, um, so I got these 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 non-iron shirts, and I have like a a white one with blue checks, uh, sort of a a larger white, blue, and red, a blue and red, and then I have this. My favorite one is like a green, yellow, blue combo which is terrific. However, I think I've washed it too many times and now the non-iron, whatever makes it non-iron has stopped. So now I have to iron it if I wanna wear it. And
0: thus, I never wear it. Uh, well, I mean, that sounds
1: like a personal problem.
0: That's, uh, <laughs> that's a real shame. That's a real shame to I'm still flabbergasted.
1: Flotilla, how intellectual of you. Flo- flotilla. Wow. A quick, quick aside of something about my daughter, Maggie, that I was, I was very proud of today. She told me they were looking yesterday at school. She's in first grade. Uh, and they were looking yesterday at school at these books by this woman named Jan Brett, um, that are, or I guess it could, you know actually it could be a man, it could be Jan Brett. But anyways, they're sort of Scandinavian books, and they have this story about the mitten. Uh, there's a story about a hedgehog. There's you know it's a very sort of northern uh, European. It's very it's very cute. The thing that's interesting is along the margins of every page they sort of show like other scenes, mm-hmm. so they sort you sort of get a sense of what's coming up because you see like the next thing that's going to happen in a little. A little tiny box, basically, and so they were talking about this in reading group. Um, and so what? The, so the teacher said, you know, so what makes this different than other books? And it's like, well, there's these little pictures around uh, the outside and that show, what's gonna happen? And um, my daughter was apparently like, that's called foreshadowing. <laughs> Which we had talked about before, obviously coming from writing, like it was something I talked about when we were reading Harry Potter or something mm-hmm. like that. But And this morning she was telling me that, she's like, I was the only one who knew what foreshadowing meant. I was like, wow. I'll, be, I'll bet you were the yeah. only one. <laughs> not, not common knowledge. Uh, so, you know. I, I try to take. I don't take too much pride in my kids. I, I try to be humble about it, and you know, like I think they they're their own people, and their accomplishments are theirs. But that was kind of fun. So, uh,
0: fabulous. Well, well done to her. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she's learning a lot about about narrative already, which is which is very important. So, uh, I can't help but notice that you're not in Orlando. Yeah, I've only just noticed that myself. Yeah. yeah um, was, when you woke up and you realized there was snow out there. So the team is in Orlando,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which seems nice for them. Um, but what about what about us?
0: I mean, I I, I
1: feel exceedingly
0: let down. <laughs> I feel abandoned. I feel like I'm a cat that's been thrown on the side of the road in a cardboard box. Sure. And now I'm hungry. Uh, I'm actually I'm starving. Um, I'm I'm just You're actually starving? I am actually okay. starving. I didn't have any breakfast. <laughs> ridiculously hungry. Um <laughs> And um, yeah, uh, I mean, after uh, fortunately we went down to to Tucson, yeah, which was was great. We uh, had a phone call there. We did, uh, and that was really really good experience. That was great to to see the team live there and spend some time with um, some of the new individuals. Spent some time with several old individuals as well. Yeah. So um, it was good. Preseason is always an intriguing time, Steve, because there's so much that's up in the air because we. You know, a- every team has yet to really solidify an identity, right? A lot of teams will continue on with the way that they were playing from the past, and, and I don't think Minnesota will be too different in terms of system and, and style. But the differences for this team now is that they actually have the pieces to be able to play it effectively. So, right, you know, it was really intriguing to see the likes of Ozzy Alonso and Jan Griegus in, in training, both battling between each other and, and, you know, there was there was one particular challenge I remember between Alonso and Calvo and no holds barred, man. They, they were just going in for it, you know, yeah. all eager to, to make an impression and, it's a really, really good competitive spirit right now, this Minnesota United preseason, and obviously that bodes well moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think that, and this is the thing that, that uh, Adrian has said before about competing for, for, for time and for that spot in the starting 11 and how he wants that depth to challenge, you know, the starters and things like that. And I think that's sort of where you see it. It's not even, you know, you, you, like Ozzy and, and, and Fran are not playing the same position. Like mm. they're not competing with each other for that spot, but they're competing to show that they want to compete. And that kind of thing in practice, day in and day out, just drives guys. And I think it's, I think it can be a tremendously good thing um, to have that kind of competition. I think sometimes it's, it can be a little uncomfortable at first, and and I think so. You know, sometimes guys feel like, well, I've been here. You know, there's issues of seniority. There's questions about that. But I think, I think that obviously you have to you have to measure things against like you know Ozzy's experience as you know a, a, a vet and a champion in the league. Um, you know, Ike Opara's experience in terms of, you know, um, SKC's obviously been very good, hasn't won MLS Cup, but, you know, open cups and things like that. So yep. there are there's a lot of things to be weighed and the easiest way to get that stuff all in the open is not just like submitting your resume. It's going out there on the training ground and, and, and leaving it on the field. So yeah. um, let's, I want to get into Orlando a little bit later. Let's talk a little bit about production day, uh, which is the thing we just wrapped up. And it, it's one of those things that I can't tell whether people actually care <laughs> that we did that or not. Um, it's one of those, it, it's a thing that always fascinated me even when I wasn't uh, working for a team uh, that there's this one day that happens before the season, before anything has happened, before anybody knows what's going on. Uh, and we have to take all these photos and all these videos of these guys. That's what's going to be used the rest of the year. Uh, I'm lucky enough to get the chance to talk to basically everybody on the roster mm. um, over the course of the day. Uh, you know, we record these gifts, things that aren't, aren't going to, you know, they're not going to come out for months because you're sort of you, – You know, you sort of want to like just give a little bit of stuff along the way so that you still have new material later on in the season. But there's just not time during the season to suddenly set up a photo shoot and film some new video stuff uh, on a nice backdrop. This is the stuff that has to happen on the fly. So and it's a tremendously long day. You know, it starts at, you know, I think people people were getting there at 8 a.m., and they were supposed to be getting there a lot earlier than that, but we had to postpone it a little bit because of the snow. Yes. But they were getting there at 8 a.m. to start working with the players starting at 11, and we're there until 9 o'clock at night. Uh, and it's it, it's an exhausting day. You were there for, for, for a bunch of it, I know. Um, yeah.
0: It, it, it's. I mean, it's always quite an interesting day, in my opinion, Steve, because, as you said, you know, you get to see a lot of players sort of messing around. And uh, for a lot of them sort of, um, uh, I guess expressing their their personalities a little bit more than, than what we maybe would mm-hmm. see in, in a professional environment because you know um, that the social media team for example having them uh, you know put a, a timber wolf's hat on and and you know scream and go wolves or something or, or you know when it's someone's birthday having them throw balloons up in the air and stuff you know it's yeah. it, it's all uh, it's all very much away from the the professional uh, hardcore professional footballers that we see on on a day to day basis. So um, it, it, it's good. It's really really good that there were what was the four stations? You know, photography and video and and gifts, uh, gifts and, and and they are gifts. Uh, well, no, they are gifts. gifts are yes, gifts. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Um And uh, that there was you know a couple of other bits as well that, that I'm not sure we're, we're going to reveal quite yet. But um,
1: we don't want to give anything away.
0: No, but it was fascinating, wasn't it? Just just watching. Uh, and seeing some of the uh, computer generated effects that are going to be on the chaps and whatnot i mean it was just unreal some of the production that went into some of this so a uh, great day and yeah. um you know i know as, as as you were insinuating as well it's a really good chance to get to know a lot of the players as well if you haven't had the chance to already so um you know i saw you sitting down with with uh ozzy alonso yep. and jan Gregush as well and uh, no, it, it's it's a really good day for the club, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I think that the uh, it, it's nice. That the first season in MLS, I, I had started the, my job like two weeks before yes. production day happened, and I literally knew none of the guys. <laughs> and so every time I talked to somebody, it was the first time I had ever talked to them. And now it's kind of nice because, you know, guys like Brent Coleman, I'm just like, what's up? Like, how the hell you been? You know, (laughs) like, like boxy, you know, like these guys, some guys who've been around for a little longer. I'm just like, oh, okay, I know you. And then new guys coming in, it's kind of, it's good to meet them. It's, it's a nice chance to get, you know, I only get about five minutes, you know, but that's a five minutes across an entire roster. So uh, talking to a lot of guys about what they did in their off season, it's kind of a nice chance to get away from, just soccer talk, you know, because during the season, you're going to do a lot of, you know, what happened in the last game. How are you going to adjust for the next game? Uh, You get your chances to talk about, I mean, there's, there's, there's fun times to do, you know, there's there's the chance to do little features about things aside from that, but these are all, they're all people, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's kind of nice to get that chance to, you know, not all of them want to, be expansive about their personal lives, but to at least get in there and find out a little bit about it. I had actually the, the first guy I talked to was Rasmus Schuler, yep. Um, who's uh, a great guy. And I think an underrated player, we've talked about him before on here, how he, you know, led the team and, in, in tackles and interceptions last year. And, um, I think that those were the two and yep. passes possibly also, I think in the end, um, possibly, I, I, I have to go for, back and for look a, but, for sure.
0: Interceptions and tackles were, were up there. No doubt yeah. About yeah.
1: It. And, uh, you know, he's obviously it, it, playing in that midfield role, that now they brought in Ozzy Alonso, they brought in Jan to sort of bolster that. And, you know, but he's one of those guys who can play in a lot of different spots. You know, he played some left winger. Uh, He's certainly gonna be sort of uh, a a huge piece for depth if he's not starting. Like, obviously one of the first guys who's gonna come off the bench and just sort of like a do anything in the midfield role, um, which is is terrific. He's also very, he's Finnish, um, and he seems sort of reserved. Uh, every time I've spoken to him, sometimes I feel like he's just sort of like, well, here's the answer to your question. <laughs> and that, that's all he's got. But I asked him, uh, I'm going to write up a little thing about this for the website, but I asked him about uh, this Finnish term called sari which when I pronounced it, he like, immediately like knew exactly what I was, <laughs> what mm. I was talking about, which is uh, the Finnish term for uh, sitting at home in your underwear and drinking. <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, absolutely. That's the thing. So uh, and then he sort of lit up about that, which was kind of fun. I think he likes, you know, talking a little bit about <laughs> a Finnish culture thing. Okay. Uh, Which was which is cool. Uh, You know, I talked to Miguel has a dog. Uh, If you don't follow him on uh, on Instagram, uh, his dog is, I believe, bark like Mike is the Instagram (laughs) handle to follow, and he's a Shiba Inu. Which I also have a Shiba Inu, which are these little Japanese dogs.
0: So fluffy, aren't they?
1: They're great. They're like they're in Japan. They're sort of like beagles. They're just super common dogs, but here they're a little more unusual. People know them from the internet, obviously, because. Mm. Sheba, the Sheba is like the the dog of of Doge uh, meme culture. Uh, so there's there's sort of they have a they have a, a, a pop culture presence. But uh, but we talked a little bit about his dog. Both Colin Martin and Bobby Shuttleworth uh, spent some time traveling in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin had a great time. Uh, went to Siena, Rome, Paris, uh, the, all of which sounded great. Uh, I talked to. I first found out that Bobby really loved traveling last year at the, at production day, and that's essentially we just talked for five minutes about travel um you know he was in paris also a little bit i think a week after colin was there and you know i said you know what did you get up to he was like nothing really just hanging out i was like paris is one of the best cities for just hanging out out, yeah yeah it's like go to go to bars walk around there's just so much stuff there uh there's a lot of tourist stuff but there's a lot of just hanging out that's that's great to do so Paris is an awesome city yeah yeah i so uh you talked about going to madrid i have never been to spain i would really like to get over there so um so you know that stuff is fun. It's nice to see Jan uh, Gregouche. I I feel like I'm getting a handle on you're on, getting that, on yes yeah. and um and uh, it's I feel like pronouncing that name is sort of like it's like peripheral vision. You sort of it's like you can't look you can't directly go for the pronunciation. You sort of have to like I Think feel about like, it. I feel like the the oosh is kind of like it's sort of swallowed a little. It's like when you hear him pronounce it, it's like Jan Gregouche Gre- Gregouche. Hmm. So anyways. Uh, <laughs> He's also, you know, uh, you know, he's from Slovakia, and uh, seems a little reserved. His English is good, but uh, you know, he doesn't. He wants to let us play, do the talking, and things like that. But my favorite little moment from him was, uh, which I I believe I tweeted this out. He, you know, the guys are all asked to do sort of make do gifts, right? Where they do like a little activity, like you said, the birthday celebration, which we post for their birthdays and things like that. And uh, one of them is eating popcorn, like the sort of classic internet meme of, like, I'm going to sit back and watch what's happening. Right. And you hand him the popcorn, and he's just like, I, uh, why, do I, why do I have popcorn? <laughs> and then you sh- we show him the gif of Michael Jackson in Thriller eating the popcorn and smiling, and he was just like, ah, yes, <laughs> uh, when, when someone is arguing on the internet. It's <laughs> like, it's just great to see those little, that, that, you know, the humanity come out a little bit, which is really fun. Universal language. Yeah, memes are the universal language, yes, I feel like. so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was it was fun. It was an exhausting day. It was long, um, but we got a lot of good stuff, uh, which I'm looking forward to. Everybody's going to get to see. Yeah,
0: it's going to be really really good. I can't wait for everybody to see what uh, what everybody did. And uh, you know, major kudos to absolutely everybody who who got their hands dirty and were there. As you mentioned, upwards of of 13, 14 hours they they were there. So uh, well done to them. And uh, you know, I think there's a lot of really really great content coming your way over the next couple of weeks and. Hopefully the next couple of months
1: as well. Yeah, uh, speaking of some things that have, uh, well, there are things coming out, but a thing that just came out, the drift kit. Mm. Um, you were on hand for for the drifts. I was. Um, I was not. I I had uh, a ukulele lesson um, with one of my <laughs> kids. So I, and it was the first one. I didn't want to miss that. So uh, so I wrote some stuff leading up to the for the the drift kit release, and then uh, I'm going to be looking to talk to some people about uh, you know what they think of the kit now that they've had it for a little while. I sort mm. of wanted to let people. Get familiar with it. But um, first of all, the event, uh, just the, 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 the Drift Kit un, unveiling event. How, uh, it was the second year at the Mall of America. Uh, how, did, how did you feel like it went off? I thought it was good. Uh, again,
0: the fans came out on their drones. There were thousands of them. I don't know what the, the final number was. But, uh, you know, it, it was great to see so many people again, Steve. Um, it's the first – I was thinking about this the other day. It's the first real event – where I kind of think to myself, right, the season's nearly here, you know, and this is after what six days in Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> I got more of a sense of the season is around the corner now when you start to see the fans on on a, on a day like that. So yeah, it was it was great. It was really really good. Um, you know, uh, well done again to everybody behind the scenes who who put that together. Uh, that's that's not an easy job to do. That so uh, it was good. Uh, I think the the players handled themselves well as well, and, and obviously we unveiled Vito Manone, um, yeah in a you know a, a very different way than a lot of MLS teams uh, do when they unveil their players. So that was good fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy emceeing those kind of events, and especially when when the uh, the actual arena area wherever you are is is littered with with supporters and fans. It's they, they always make the day better, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, I, I know and I understand that a lot of people couldn't make it because of the, the downfall of snow that we had.
1: Yeah, it's still ridiculous out there.
0: It is, but, you know, well done to those who, who brave the weather. We, we really appreciate your efforts.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the kit itself, I really like. Yeah. I, I, you know, it, and, it's, and it's weird because, um, you know, I think that any, any uniform, any jersey, you know, any time – uh, it comes out, people see it, you know, you see an image of it and then you make a snap judgment. I'm no different than anybody else. You know, it's like the wolves release a Jersey. I'm like, oh, I don't like that one. I like mm-hmm. this one. Uh, the, the, the alternates better than the home. This, you know, you, you sort of immediately make a bunch of decisions about what, what is good and what isn't good. Um, but first of all, you're only seeing a picture of it. Second of all, even at a, an event like the kit reveal, you're seeing people up on stage, you know, you're sort of at a remove from it. Um, jerseys uniforms kids they sort of have to grow on you like they're are it's a working garment you know yeah. it's a thing that is it's going to be out there all the time it has to achieve a bunch of um functions on the field which include things that you know the, the fact that i mean people should understand and i retweeted this this guy dj uh switzer who's from cincinnati his his um uh, twitter handle is at at wrong side of the pond he has a wrong side of the pond uh uh podcast, basically, or pondcast, as he says. (laughs) Um, But he worked as a designer. He worked on FC Cincinnati's uh, uh, USL kit and has, you know, worked for years doing that. And he sort of has a good thread explaining the process that goes into this. Like, yeah, it'd be great if every team got to custom design their own kit in response to you know their fans' desires in the last six months, and then put it into production. But this just, you know, it's just not well, feasible. How it works, yeah. It's like you, when you're dealing with Adidas and Nike, it's like the, the the scale of what has to go on means that these come from templates. Like they 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 work with the club, but the club doesn't have a lot of responsibility. Um, or in, I mean, the club can be like, "This is what we're looking for," but it's like one of your kits is white. Yeah, You know, obviously not every team has a white kit, but it's like the the league also wants a certain number of white kits because they have to balance every game, the colors, you know, and if every team had two color kits, it just wouldn't work, you know? So some teams are gonna have white kits. Classic teams have had white kits like, you know, Real Madrid, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's a look. And there is, there is this subtle texture to the kit, which is really nice that again, when I saw it, I'll be honest, when I saw it the first time I just saw a picture, I was like, well. White kid, great. Mm. When you get up close to it, it does have this cool sort of pattern, this parallelogram pattern. Yeah. That's got a gradient to it. That kind of resembles the PTFE at Allianz Field, you know. Um, I don't know the process exactly, so I don't know if that was incorporated with it. I know, obviously, again, these designs are made a year to two years ahead of time, which they've known about that substance of the PTFE. So. Um, but, it, you know, this is sort of why it got called the drift kit. It sort of has this snowy accumulation thing on it, which is, it's not just, oh, it's a white kit. It's a snow kit. It's like, check it out. It's got a nice feel to it. We're looking at it all day in production day, the sort of the blue on it, the, the Minnesota United icy blue goes really nicely with the white. Um, I honestly feel like as as people wear it, have it, see it, sort of get accustomed to it, they're going to like it. And at, at worst, it just, you know, it fades into the background. It's a it's a kit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
0: think um, the, the one thing I try to do, Steve, and, and I'm going to try and do this with a lot of our new products, if you will, I, I actually didn't see the jersey until the players unveiled it. Yeah. Because uh, I wanted to react organically. And um, I thought to myself, yeah, you know, straight away I thought to myself, ooh, okay, it's, it's a white jersey. Okay, that's fine, that's fine. But okay, let's, let's have a look closer. And the one thing which I like are, are the little hidden details in it. You, you mentioned... Uh, some of the little uh, blue interior and whatnot that that meshes quite well with the the white color and whatnot. So I I like it. Um, You know, obviously we're going to be wearing that sort of jersey a couple of times in the the first first few games. I think um, we obviously start the season at Vancouver. They wear white, so Minnesota will be wearing the the gray kit that we we launched last season. But there's going to be a few times where we do wear that white jersey, and and I'm looking forward to watching the players playing it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's again, I, I just think it's clean. Uh, I, I like it better than the last white kit we had, which was sort of a mix of white and, and gray. Like, I sort of like the starkness of it, so. It's quite sharp, yes. Yeah, and again, I, I think when people started seeing it on players, like, in the imagery that comes from production day and in, like, you know, lineup introductions and things like that, like, it's a, it's a, it's a good-looking kit, you know? Like, I don't like to wear a lot of white, straight-up white garments. Mm. Not really great for a gentleman of, of my girth. <laughs> um, I try to wear dark colors. Uh, yes. So I can't guarantee that I'm going to be wearing it. But for a, a fit guy, <laughs> like your average soccer player, <laughs> they look they they look pretty good in it. Ike Opara looks fantastic in it. That was like, I was looking at a picture where they were working on, you know, um, Scott Rainey, our designer, was doing some uh, post-production work on the photos. And I saw just, you know, sort of full body shot of Ike with a white backdrop and the white kit. Looks really sharp.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be really, really good. And as you said, we've seen plenty of, Really nice white kits in the past. The best of them all, in my opinion, my most favourite was Real Madrid when they went through that period of just having completely white. Yeah. Uh, they, they may very well have had an Adidas stripe down the side of the shorts or something, but it was that that stage where they had the sponsor. I think it was like Tekka or something or Samsung on their jersey. Uh, but then they went without a sponsor for a year as well, when when the likes of uh, you know the the old Ronaldo and, and Beckham, Zidane. Sure. All all these players are playing for them, and and that white kit is synonymous. That white kit is is very, very well known around the world. So, the um, the Galacticos, right? The Galacticos, yeah, correct.
1: Correct. I know a few things. Well done, yeah. A couple of things about soccer have stuck (laughs) over the years. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Orlando. Um, All the guys who I talked to, you know, in sort of assessing the preseason so far, really felt like this was the time to then. You know, they had played Houston, uh, who were obviously getting close to form because they had competition coming up. Um, but, you know, they also played, you know, a USL side, you know, and so it was, it wasn't really quite up to the level of, and they were, you know, the changing the, the lineup whole scale in the middle of the game and things like that. They all felt that... You know, going forward, these games against three MLS sides—the Revs, NYCFC, and Orlando City—we're going to be a little more seeing who are the, who's the starting eleven. Yeah, how is this going to look? So, um, you know, what do you expect to see in Orlando? Do you expect to see start see that solidification of oh, this is the starting group?
0: Yes, yeah, solidification is probably the right word, Steve. I, I think we're, we're going to see more of the starting eleven now, and and no doubt we'll, we'll we'll still see an experiment or two. I was chatting to the coaching staff, um, down in Arizona about. Rasmus Schuler's role. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people were asking why on earth is he playing on the left hand side of the, the three? We have seen this before and it and it it, it didn't really work. So I, I asked Adrian and, and Ian Fuller and Mark Watson, John Pascarella about it, and they said, Look, it's pre season, so this is something we really want to try. And the main objective for Schuler in that role is he 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 has to tuck inside. So right. Calvo has plenty of space to operate down the left hand side when the, when they push forwards I see the other thing is as well is they want to try something where Schuler goes in between the right back and the center back of the other team because then it it almost forces the issue to the opposition they ask right well what, what do I do here do, do I if you're the right back do you do you tuck in and, and mark the you know inverted left winger right. or do you stay out wide? and watch the left back come forward, you know? If you're the center half, you've got a similar issue, what do I do, do I, you know, do I press and, and watch the the inverted left winger, or do I drop back and watch the center forward, you know? So it it does cause quite a conundrum. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, they wanted to try that over the last uh, couple of preseason games, and they said they were, you know, they, they, they liked it, they were impressed with Shuler, I mean, Shuler's a hard-working individual, you know? Yeah, for um
1: sure.
0: You know, there's never an issue with, with that part of his game, and uh, they, they wanted to try it out, just, to see if they could do it as an option at some stage during the season. So um, I'd be surprised if we see it again in pre season because I think they got out of that what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like Ethan Finley is now much more comfortable on the ball. I, I don't know how much we'll see him. Uh, obviously, it's the, the knee injuries, it's such a peculiar injury that you have to be so careful with coming back from a, a, a recovery situation like he is. Um, Kevin Molina, I, I don't expect to see on the field yet. You know, obviously, he had a little niggle with the, the other knee yeah. to my knowledge so you know that's asking a lot as well I know he's down there I, I saw him taking part in a bit of training as well in one of the videos that, that our production team who were down there put out but mm-hmm. um, I I still think you know what we, we, we may very well see the the Abarai either side of Quintero with Rodriguez up front uh, I, I hope we see more of Abu Dhanladi uh, he had a little bit of a, an ankle issue uh, which is why he, he wasn't Playing in in the the last two games down in Arizona, mm-hmm. so you know I, I think um, like like I said, it, it, it's going to be um, much more much more of an idea of, of what the eleven is going to look like this season uh, with a sprinkling of, of other possibilities. The one player I'm interested to see more than any though, Stephen, I got a glimpse of him in, in training during the
1: week. Is Vito Minone. Yeah, because he wasn't in Arizona. So. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, I, uh, I saw him play before, it was interesting, I was looking at a couple of clips that, that Reading put out, uh, you know, a, a, a goodbye, thank you, Vito type video, and um, I, I had mentioned to uh, a couple of different people that, that I had done a Reading game after I'd left Minnesota after the 2017 season to go back to England for the break, um, and uh, I, I'd done a Reading game. And uh, someone was saying, oh, was, was Vito playing? Was Vito playing? And I said, I, I didn't remember. I, I, I couldn't remember. It was, you know, two years ago. I, I <laughs> sure. said, I, I can't remember. Yeah. And then Reading put a video out of some of the saves he made. And the first clip is me commentating on, on him making a <laughs> saves. So <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I was like, well, there you go. Vito did play. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, he's a good goalkeeper. And the, there's a reason why he's been at Arsenal for as long as he was. You know, obviously, he didn't really get much of an opportunity i think it was 13 appearances in seven years but you know when you've got the the caliber of goalkeepers ahead of you that he did you know it's it's no wonder really and obviously he was good enough for the premier league he played for sunderland played for Hull city in the premier league as well and had a couple of different loan stints elsewhere but i think it's a really good addition for minnesota united and, and, and he's the one now i think not not only me i think everybody's really excited to get a piece of aren't they
1: yeah. I, I think, I wonder if now this is one of those things where if I asked Adrian, I'm sure he'd say he wants every player healthy and available with regards to Kevin and Ethan. I wonder if in some ways this it's, you don't want anybody to re injure anything. Sure. In some ways it, it, it might be easier for their returns to be a little more staggered because then you're looking at like, if, if Ethan is ready to go, you put him in. And then when Kevin is ready to go and healthy, he can challenge a healthy Ethan with an equally healthy Kevin Molino, you know, um, if, if you're both, if you're both still sort of like, well, I'm not sure who's if they're totally healthy yet, mm-hmm. um, it, that might make it a little more difficult to judge who's who's really who's really going. Yeah. You want everybody to fight for their position, but you want them to be at their best the moment that they're that they're fighting for that position. So absolutely. So maybe that that helps out a little bit. I'm interested in the Schuler thing going forward. That sort of inverted midfielder um, sort of situation with him, and and we've talked about it before. Like the the ideal of having. Um, Calvo or, you know, Roma, like move, push forward, which is one of the things that we know that like Metheny is like, one of the reasons they want him is he's an aggressive fullback going forward. Um, yep. And then having Ozzy sort of slip back into that three-man back line. Yep. Like, we've talked about how that's supposed to be the way it's worked. Hasn't really worked that way because we haven't had a true six. But, mm. you know, that sort of ability to be fluid, you know, you sort of move the left winger in, move the left fullback up, have the, you know, the the holding midfielder, which I'm also working on getting a holding midfielder appreciation society like theme song that we're okay. going to play in the – like, I don't know what it's going to be yet. But, <laughs> but I have – we have – anybody listens to this podcast, we got some new gear. I don't know if it sounds different, but it does allow me to do things like – like play loon sounds in the mm-hmm. middle of stuff. So um, anyways, <laughs> look, look forward to that. We got new, exciting things to go with that, but like uh, the Holy midfielder, again, have that, have that number six drop back in between the center backs and provide some of that sort of defensive rigidity back there as other guys are going forward is, is a compelling, I want to see it, you know, yeah. like we, we it, I think with any sport, it's really fun to start to see systems work on the field um, more than anything, what I enjoy is sort of that moment of, of, of seeing, you know, what, what the system should be and then seeing it reach full flower. You know, this is one of the things I love about a thing I did last year called in the moment where we would, I would talk to a player about how a goal happens, um, whether it's the, the, you know, the guy who delivered the assist or the guy who scored the goal, but talking about things like running along that off sideline and like, you're just, you're just hoping you stay on it. You can't really for sure. know. uh, and when you see those systems happen, I think that's really interesting. I think that a lot of times last year, because of, you know, personnel, because of injuries and things like that, it just felt like there wasn't a system happening. It was like, kick the ball away and then try to, you know, get it over to Angelo. Hope you can hold it up long enough for somebody <laughs> to do something. Darwin was out there freelancing a lot on his own. I think the hope is that with the people they've brought in with this with the personnel now, you can start to build a system where it's like, this is what we want to do. Mm. Like this is how we wanna force the other team to make bad decisions. And when that other team makes a bad decision, they're gonna be punished for it. So like that's the that's the funnest stuff for me to watch. I think. And that's one of those things that's good, good to look for in preseason because that's the sort of nascent, it's like the embryonic stage of that stuff happening.
0: Yeah, and I think we'll see, as we spoke about earlier on, more of the system coming out. And, and really been evident over the next couple of games in Orlando. You know, I think uh, the preseason in, in Tucson was very much fitness, 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 and, yeah. and, and get yourself acclimatized to to what you're about to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's great to see systems blossom, isn't it? You know, because you, uh, from a coaching standpoint, you think, right, well, my system's working. This is great. and Now I have the place to do it. This is wonderful. You mentioned the fullbacks in this system as well, Stephen. Whilst we're on the subject of fullbacks, what I will say is two players that I know of really, really impressed in preseason thus far have been Chase Gasper and Hassani Dotson. Now, Hassani Dotson is an interesting one because he was actually drafted as a central midfielder. They were short... To my knowledge, this is how this happened. They were short a body in one of the internal scrimmages in uh, in one of the, the, the earlier days in, in Tucson. So they put Hassani Dotson at right back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he really impressed. Mm-hmm. He really, really impressed. So uh, again, look, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. Um, I, I assumed that he was gonna sign and he was gonna go down to Madison. That seemed to be the most logical pathway for him. But I think now, he may very well be viewed in a different light because he's impressed at right back so much. He may very well be signed and be viewed as a right back moving forward. So, Mm -hmm. uh, look, I mean, it's good for the youngsters. You're always as a rookie, I can only imagine the nerves and jitters that that are going through your body as you enter your first professional preseason camp. Chase Gasper has been wonderful. He looks like he's got 200 MLS games under his belt, and whoever labeled him as the most ready defender in the draft was absolutely right. I, I really think Chase Gasper will be pushing for, for first team minutes this season. Uh, Dane St. Clair obviously is a project and I'm intrigued to see what happens with him. I Look, I think um, having, having spoken to John Pascoe, another goalkeeping coach, he, he sees him right now as a, as an extremely exceptional college goalkeeper, right? but not quite ready for the pros just yet. So, yeah. and that's not a bad thing, you know? So I, I'll, I'm going to be casting my eyes as often as I can on the goalkeeping training drills because, to my knowledge, what they want to do is they want to keep him here in Minnesota and work with him their way. Sure. And, that, and that's no disrespect to what Madison would, would do with him or whoever else he may very well go out on loan to. Sure, uh, they, they want to work on him their way and, and have him be their project. So and, and then, you know, maybe in a year or two, then send him out on and loan and, and get some meaningful minutes. But yeah. right now... I can absolutely tell you that that all the draft picks really, really impressed, even the ones at the latter stages as well. You know, Mitchell Osmond, that I know was was impressive to them as well. So, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with a lot of the rookies, but but no doubt about it, the two fullbacks, Gaspar and Dotson, big thumbs up to them during the preseason so far.
1: Yeah, I think there's uh, you know toward the end of the uh, production day, I talked to a lot of the the talked to those guys, the the rookies this year, but and also the, the sophomores, you know, who I think that. Uh, obviously, the team got older in terms of looking at the starting 11 uh, with the additions of like Ozzy Alonso and, and Ike Opara. It's, it's obviously an older team and looking at the starting 11. But I think that sort of gives short shrift to guys like Wyatt Amsberg and Carter Manley, who who had some success at the USL level and even had, you know, some starts in, in MLS last year. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're going to be starters right now, sure. um, but... There's a, there's a good amount of like young talent I think on this team, and I think that the the ability to send them to to Madison is is fantastic. Again, yep. with a guy like Dane Saint Clair, the nice thing about having that setup with with Ford Madison is that. Um, even if they want to keep him here generally in terms of training, if he needs game minutes, which is one of those things that happens with guys, like you hear Adrian say it all the time, like they just need to play. Yeah, They just need to play. You can send him down to Fort Madison for a weekend, and he can, you know, hopefully get some minutes. I mean, they obviously, Ford Madison signed a good goalkeeper. so A very you know, good goalkeeper yes. at that level, yeah. Yeah, yes. so, um, but, you know, it's, it, it's just a chance to broaden horizons, and I think that's, you know, I think goalkeeping, goalkeepers, probably more than any other position need seasoning, you know, like at that age, I think it's just, he, Dane Clair is tall, long, fast, likes to play with the ball at his feet, like all that stuff that you want in terms of talent. But a lot of a goalkeeper's job is organization, understanding, like controlling tempo things that, you know, it, that's, those things come with time. Those yeah. things don't come from, from pure physical skills. So um, it's, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to the season getting underway now. Yeah, I we're just ready for it now, aren't we? I know, right? <laughs> like, let's let's go watch some soccer. So, yeah,
0: it's it, it's. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the preseason games for, for other teams as well over the last couple of days. Uh, I ended up watching uh, Sporting KC and Houston Dynamo, and then Seattle and Portland mm-hmm. uh, last night, and. and it, I was just like, oh, I'm just ready for this now, you know. Myself and and <laughs> Jamie Watson, Kindred, Saint Auburn, we're all texting with each other, going, Ah, oh, do did, you know, did you see this guy? Why didn't he make this run? Ah, you know, maybe it was like a fitness, blah 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 blah. You know, just purely speculating. But we're, we're we're ready now. We are ready to get this thing going. And <laughs> you know, obviously it all starts March second in Vancouver, and um, you know what? What a fabulous place to start the season. But uh, yeah, just just excited. The the feeling around the front office, around the training center is is that of excitement isn't it and
1: yeah. um i think everyone's ready to go yeah well thanks for joining us for the 44th sound of the loons podcast be sure to leave us a nice review on itunes or at the very least a five-star rating follow the team on twitter at mnufc you can follow cal at cal and me at steve interest and remember there's only one person in this whole world like you and people can like you exactly as you are